Hello and welcome to episode number 362 of the Super Horror Bros podcast. I'm your host Matt and joining me as always is my brother Mike. Hello. How's it going? Pretty good, pretty good. We are back, back doing something that we very much enjoy, um, which is not talking about a new film for a change. <laughs> um, but kind of the the somewhat I thought you were just I thought you were just going to say that we just full stop don't enjoy talking about new films. <laughs> <laughs> we're back That's... doing something we enjoy for a change instead of talking about those shitty new films. <laughs> Yeah, that's it, it's been a year, but let's not talk about it. this. Is about a time to look back to a, a great time um, when great horror movies were being released, such as oh, yeah. My Soul to Take, which we'll get to. Um, and yeah, this is like the somewhat finale of this. Um, I know with with some addendums to it, which we'll get to. But um, yeah, we started this like over three years ago in the midst of a global right. pandemic we were like let's just talk about the four screen movies we did that and we loved it so much that we've made this will be the 19th wes craven movie um added to the list which is crazy um but it's so nice to look back on it and we'll, we'll we will have a somewhat again complete list with an asterisk to it but we'll we'll explain that good stuff later um because there is some news this week there's some weird stuff in here i was trying to find just some like wacky shit that I thought would be funny to talk about, especially there's one in here that I just put as a joke. Um, but this first one is exciting because, again, there's not really too much to add here, um, but it's just cool that it's close now, which is um, Eli Roth's Thanksgiving. Um, it's just I still can't believe this is real. Um, no, no, me like Just putting in the news. There was a teaser trailer. It's only like a minute long, um, which we don't really have to go over, but it's just cool to see it again and be like, oh, it's not that fake trailer. It is actually a real thing, um, which was like 15, over 15 years ago. Um, and so, yeah, it's coming this November. So I cannot wait to see this film. I have no idea if it's going to be any good, but just any Eli Roth fun slasher is good enough for me, let alone this film that has this like crazy history for me personally of, of just falling in love with the overall grindhouse experience it's it's arguably like my favorite film experience of all time because i can cheat and include multiple films you know not just one <laughs> film it's it's not only is it two films but you can kind of i think machete is definitely a part of that as well um let alone the fake trailers from rob zombie and eli roth i mean it really just has so many of my favorite people obviously tarantino and uh, robert rodriguez as well so it's it's awesome um but yeah are you, are you as excited for eli roth's thanksgiving yeah, definitely am. I think for for both those reasons that you said, you know, just Eli Roth doing a cool slasher. I'm like, hell yeah! Like it's been too long. Like, mm. and you know, it it really felt like he was going to be one of those guys that was going to be really prolific. And don't get me wrong, like with you know, he's racked up a, a good amount of horror movies, but mm. he should have he should have probably done a lot more than what, than what he has. Done, he definitely you know? should have. And. Um, you know, so the fact that we're getting an Eli Roth horror movie is incredibly exciting. And then the fact that it is just this cool, you know, um, trailer that came out so, so long ago uh, that we finally get, like, the, the movie of. And, um, yeah, that that's very exciting as well. Um, it's a shame that, like, they didn't just use the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
should have just been like, this is nothing to do with the movie, but here's a trailer. <laughs> yeah, it's been like, so long now, because I think we've discussed it before, but it's worth mentioning. Like, that was one of the coolest things about Machete, was mm. they deconstructed that trailer, they made a film from it, and all of those original shots from that original trailer are in the film. And so yeah, that's wow. amazing for them to work, and it has this janky feel, which just perfectly suits the overall tone that they're going for. Whereas with this, it's like, they could never have done that. It's been so right. long um so of uh, but like i loved even just just in this teaser there's a couple of bits that are like you know they've redone from that original trailer i'm like oh it's so cool that the, he has it's not just thanksgiving it is specifically that fake trailer for thanksgiving yeah. um so i'm i'm so excited for this one um yeah man definitely so yeah coming in a couple of months um this next one i just want to put in here because like it's a nice reminder that this is coming and again it's not super relevant but i'm excited that um goosebumps is returning um as a tv show um we've definitely talked about this in the news before again not you know hardcore horror this is much more of a a kid's show but we obviously both adore goosebumps um growing up reading the books and watching the tv show um and that first film i loved as well i never saw the second one um but yeah it's it's cool that it's back and it's coming this october 13th um so much like everything under the sun (laughs) there's like a two-week period in october where there's just so much content we might do like an october preview next week um because it's just crazy um but yeah this is dropping on disney plus um not entirely sure which form i think it's like a couple episodes and it'll be weekly um in the press release it's interesting because they say the new series draws on elements from five of the most popular books including say cheese and die the haunted mask the cuckoo clock of doom go eat worms and night of the living dummy um which right off the bat is very exciting um good good bangers right there yeah amazing stories i've read at least four of those books um and really really like them i think what this show is isn't what i want because i don't think it's an anthology show i i think Mm. this is similar ish to the film which the film was different because it had like rl stein as a character which is not this but I'm assuming this is like an original story that is a singular narrative across multiple episodes, which will then, like I say, the fact that they're saying draws on elements, they'll be yeah. like, you know, they'll have the camera. The camera. Exactly. Yeah, we'll just rock up and, yeah, you know. And, which is cool. Uh, I think that's exciting. will be there and everything else. Yeah, exactly. I think it, it definitely is cool. And, like, I shouldn't be, like, and I'm not down on it, but mm. part of me is like, oh, I just wish that they'd just redone the tv show because i love these stories i love anthology and there are like hundreds of stories that can be told in that Mm. world just just retold from the books you know we and especially those original ones i think those original like was it 62 i think in the run like i just remember like rereading them so many times as a kid and um so yeah i would love to you know just have a tv show that was that was turning those out but I guess I already had that. Could watch it if I want. <laughs> yeah, but like I have the most nostalgia for that show, probably out of anyone. Like I adore that show. I've rewatched it multiple times in in recent years, and I genuinely do love it. But it's so mm. old, and like we, it's at a point now with Disney Plus that it would make perfect sense to bring that back because most people aren't mm. going to have seen that now. You know, like the target audience was not around then, um, so I think I that think would have thing, mirror. Yeah. But I do think this is cool, and I'm definitely, I'm definitely yeah. watching this. I don't know if I'll watch the whole thing. It'll be a case of whether or not it grabs me but i'm excited to check it out and at least give it a chance um and i do think that the the episodes that they're drawing on are cool but like say that 
the anthology feeling and i would love to go in each week if it was the anthology yeah not knowing yeah not because if you watch it and suddenly you see like monster blood i'm gonna lose my mind because that's like one of my favorite ones um but there's so many that i would be like i would pop for um it'd be great especially if they had like a long intro each week Mm. so like you have like a good five or ten minutes and i'd be like oh man what is it what is it and then like i'm like oh shit it became it came from neath the sink yeah yeah it's so good I love so many of those stories. And I think that's the thing as well. They 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 were such fantastic kids horror. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's the thing where it was like it was such a great gateway for us. Even though like we were weird and watching gnarly <laughs> shit when we shouldn't have been, but like this was also there. Yeah. And like Oh, this definitely you know, this, this definitely and, 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 was on the same path for sure. Yeah, and was like a huge part of what got us into horror where it was like, you know, I remember just collecting all of these books and um you know them watching the tv show and both being as good as each other at the time and and yeah so like i i wish that they would do the anthology but yeah i'm i'm still because because i think like like you said that the jack black kind of movie that came out a few years back that that was good um it, it you know it it served its purpose of giving a good homage to the books and also giving this good children's horror movie mm yeah, and I think so, that yeah, makes sense as a whatever. film as well, because that needed to be like a new narrative. Whereas I think with TV, mm. like say with the episodic element, it's right there to have different stories. So this is going to be interesting. Like, again, I don't know how many episodes this is, uh, um, but it's interesting that they're talking about drawing elements. And will it will it mix and match or will it be like a singular narrative where each week it does feel like they're stepping into that different story, but it's with the same characters? Like, I'm excited for this just to see what it is. Um, it could end up being awesome. Um but yeah, it's right around the corner with with every other TV show returning soon. Um, this one, next one's just a bit of a laugh, really. I'm, I'm sure this won't have as much conversation as the last two news stories. Um, <laughs> but a movie I know you're incredibly excited to watch, um, an upcoming horror film, is the uh, what's the uh, Winnie the Pooh Blood and Honey Two. Um, <laughs> Hell yeah! But he wasn't expecting that in the news this week. Um, <laughs> Not by you, no. <laughs> exactly. Listen, I, I give sometimes. Um, but yeah, I put this in there for two reasons. The first one, just for the for the comedic element, and also the fact that the exciting news, which was confirmed by actual news outlets, talking about this film, which blows Are my mind. We are indeed. Tigger is okay. in the sequel. Okay. Um, which is hilarious that you guessed that. <laughs> um, is this the one bit of news that, that Winnie the Pooh horror fans have been waiting for? You know, it's, yeah. you know when you know when we get like a scream announcement or a sore announcement. We're like, are we getting Tobin Bell? Are we getting Tobin <laughs> Bell? And now it's like, you know, we get a we get a Winnie the Pooh Blood and Honey announcement. I'm like, are we getting Tigger? Yeah. Um, so hell yeah and it's brilliant because it's exactly what we presumed when we watched that film um which was that he wasn't in the public domain at that time however Boom. by next year he will be <laughs> so they're like yep. those time he's like yeah we're having that um i also love yeah. how this quote um from the, a producer uh scott jeffrey who just says tigger is incredibly violent he loves to torture his victims before killing them um so great little quote there thanks for that scott yeah um yeah I wasn't expecting that. That's a curveball. <laughs> so yeah, and again, like all jokes aside, this this has like an astronomical budget compared to the last film. Like we're still talking about a micro budget <laughs> horror film, but it's it's so much bigger, obviously, because that movie did unbelievably well. Um, mm. But the reason why I actually kind of put this in here was um, 
As part of the news article, it says Matt Leslie wrote the screenplay for the sequel. And Matt Leslie was one of the main writers for Summer of 84. Um, <laughs> so I was like thinking about that film. And then I looked up the directors of that film, which is a trio of directors. Um, and they've actually just done a new film. Um, so the nice. first one since Summer of 84. They also did Turbo Kid before that, which I've also seen. Um, and their new movie is called We Are Zombies, um, which is currently doing the festival circuit. So it's like had its premiere at a couple of festivals only in the last couple of months. Um, and so, yeah, that's one to look out for. Like, it sounds like a sort of horror um, comedy, but I haven't really looked it up too much. But I'm excited. Like, it's always cool. We discussed recently with, obviously, uh, Stephen Kostansky finally returning. And, like, these indie guys, you know, it's very hard to find out news about them. Um, so I, I always think, um... have to go out of my way to look for it. You re- you genuinely, like, it's one of the things I need to search for the uh, Life Changer director because I've not done yeah. that for a while. And you always have to remember these movies of, like, oh, who directed Next Exit? Let's remember them. And, yeah. you know, the, the director of Lola. Like, I need to specifically look up these guys and see what they're doing. And, and especially because, cool. like, they could in those like six months or however long until you've looked, they could have like done nothing. Yeah. Like literally for years, or they might've put out three projects. <laughs> like you just don't know in this indie world. Mm. Um, but I have seen some people like, or I've seen some like things about we are zombies. Oh, I think, you? Nice. you know, it's, it is more comedy. Yeah. Like a, a comedy yeah. horror zombie movie. Um, yeah, it was something about and, like and, vegan zombies or non-cannibal yeah, zombies think, or something. I think they're non they're non-cannibal zombies, mm. and it's like this weird like group of friends or that are trying to. Um, I think they're trying to save their nun or yeah, something. Yeah, it is that. Yeah, I read like, that. Earlier, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought that's what it was, and like it just felt, sounds like very Shaun of the Dead, mm. and like you know, it's about time that we had like a a good homage come out to Shaun of the Dead like that. You mm. know um so yeah i remember seeing it and then like seeing it was at the festivals and thinking oh that's pretty cool yeah and the All fact right. that you know it's got those guys behind it um yeah definitely on the radar yeah well hopefully that'll get some sort of release that would be awesome if it just if shudder picked that one up um mm. and lastly another just small one but this is again awesome um but just october's mental um there's the new hell house movie coming out in october um so yeah this is the first prequel um because i think we just had the trilogy um we've covered what the last two um done like individual shows on them and obviously we've talked in depth about how great the first film was as well um so yeah it's uh called hell house llc origins the carmichael manor um and it's coming right at the end of the month october 30th and i think it is coming to shudder because i think they do have it like all on there so another awesome one shudder you know on fire this october i think they've got probably one of their best ever lineups um pretty good which yeah we'll be getting to in the coming weeks but yeah i i cannot wait to just to to get into all of this great october it's definitely one of those octobers like was it last year or the year before where it's it's basically our october ran through all of november and december (laughs) because there was so much cool shit to talk about i remember like we got to terrify at like the end of november because there was just so much shit to talk about um but they are very, very looking forward to that one as well. Um, but yeah, that's it for the news this week. Shall we talk about this week's film? Let's do it. Let's talk about My Soul to Take. So yeah, like we uh, said at the start, this is the final 
I guess, new addition to the list, or at least in terms of his theatrical big film releases. Um, may as well say it off the bat, really, instead of keep skirting around it. Like, obviously, he had TV films, Wes. Um, yeah. In fact, he did four TV films, um, which, you know, may or may not be something that we'd like to include in the future. Because I actually looked up the first one, um, Summer of Fear, and that got, like, a Blu-ray release ridiculously recently. Um, a couple of them sounded decent. Yeah, well, this one's fascinating because it came out in 78, so it was right off the bat of his first film, obviously, Last House on the Left, so it's super early, Wes. Um, it got a theatrical release in Europe as well, which is crazy, and it stars Linda uh, Blair, who was just coming off of The Exorcist. So, like, there's a lot about that that's, like, intriguing to me. Um, but, like I say, we'll leave that for another day, but for now, as part of our sort of what we set out to do when we started this, obviously, beginning with the four screen movies, this is the last of that list um mm. obviously it was wes's penultimate film that he did this came out just six months before uh scream 4 his final film um which yeah. is always fascinating like there isn't really much in terms of behind the scenes like i think most of this conversation will just be about the film um you know there isn't like it's any the usual weird... it's yeah. the usual wes problems though with this film it, what in terms um, of like studio interference and stuff well, interference, because um, I was reading that this movie got put in front of critics or screeners and the ending was kind of panned. Right. So this movie was then, you know, went back and they reshot like Christ. the last half an hour. Right. Um, so yeah. this is very much like different because because this is the last um, written and directed by Wes Craven. Yeah, and, and the very first weird. one since kind of a new nightmare. Mm, I was going to say, like, that's something that he doesn't typically do. He's one of no. a few directors who's very much known for being just a director. Like, say, he did write stuff, and like you rightly said, this was the first one since New Nightmare with a sixteen-year gap. You know, yeah. so it's it's like say, you know, all of the screen movies, he was just a director, and it is fascinating, especially because a movie like this has so much scream DNA over it, and. Mm. we've discussed that time and time again really that he made so many films that were like kind of like scream but weren't and you yeah. know there's like a whodunit element it's like a mostly teen uh centric film you know set in a high school like it's very interesting how a lot of his other films you know was very similar to scream um i've, he... I've got to be honest like this one feels a lot like wes was thinking can i pen a scream movie mm. And and kind of started to pen this slasher and be like, oh, okay, it's it's Woodsboro years later, and you know, there's the the soul of Billy Loomis has gone inside. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And then like mm. he started to do it, and then and then kind of Kev Dog just like picked up the phone and was like, Wes got a banger idea for Scream Four, mm. and Wes is like, oh, oh, cool, cool, Kev cool cool yeah yeah we'll do that and then just kind of <laughs> crossed out crossed out the working title and called it my soul to take <laughs> yeah it's it's crazy like i ha so this is a weird one in terms of like i've i think i've seen this film but in terms of an actual watch this may as well have been my first time watching it nice because i nice. there was like a, not a second of this that i could have remembered um, oh no which literally, yeah, from the opening, which we'll get to, I was just like, what on earth is this film? But yeah, like, it's... Um, the opening's wild. Yeah, the opening is so crazy. But yeah, like, the the way it takes form as a film, and then especially, like, the finale, which is a long finale set in, like, one place, that was so Scream mm. to me. Um, and kind of, like, these twists and turns, and it's really trying to make you think, like, oh, no, who's really the bad guy and stuff? Um, 
which we'll get to. And I guess, like, again, this hopefully people should know by now, but like our, our previous reviews of old films, there is, like, no spoiler warning or anything. We're just going to spoil the shit out of this entire film um, because it's uh, very old, so people should have seen it Ooh. by now. Um, but do we, do we do plots for these ones? I can't even remember. Uh, yeah, I tend to, especially when it's not, like, A Nightmare on Elm Street or something. Yeah. Because I think, I think there'll be a lot. I was going to say, I think there'll be a lot of people that, that you know, won't have seen this movie. Mm. Um, and, like, side note, like, it's it's weird because, like, horror movies around this time, you know, I'd say kind of, you know, the, the early 2000s to, like, you know, this is, what, 2010? Yeah. I think, like, it, it's such a weird spell for horror where I mm. feel like a lot of people feel like there's not classics there. Mm. And... Um, I literally at the weekend just went through all my old DVDs, um, and was just like hunting them all out. And basically my DVD collection is just every movie that came out in like 2000 <laughs> to 2010. Yeah. And I was just finding all like, I remember like, you know, like the ghost ship and 13 ghosts and, um, like, all the, uh, and stuff like that. house of wax and yeah, but because those ones were all done by the same people, mm, you know, yeah. but then yeah, creep and, you know, the, the descent and Gothica and, mm. you know, grudge and ring and just all of these movies, the American ones, those two. Um, and like, just, yeah, all of these kind of movies that came out around that time. And I'm like, I think almost all of them are just remembered by no one, but yeah. me. <laughs> and I have like this, this great like memory of like these, you know, cause even stuff like Jeepers Creepers and that, mm, like, awesome. you know, I just don't, I just don't think that like they have this like level that that people seem to remember them, and maybe they will. Like maybe they just have to wait their time. But um... yeah, it's it's an interesting you say that because like that is the era that we first started watching new horror. Yeah, and so that is the one that we are so accustomed to. And I do think that there are great films, but I don't think it's necessarily looked at unfairly because I do think that. You look at like right now, so like the last ten years, I do think is like unequivocally better than that ten year period. Um, but I would say it's definitely on par with like the nineties and stuff. Um, and like I say, when you want to look at, I mean, obviously like Saw was in there and Hostel and those like big films in, in you know around sort of two thousand four. But I do think there was it was a weird time because I think it was cinema horror wasn't the best um because you had a lot of those it was like that remake era wasn't it and granted some of them are great but i think a lot yeah they, they probably were yeah like round right about this time in particular was like huge remake time yeah you kind of had like zack schneider's dawn of the dead and then which was fantastic and then it was like god there was so many like wes had basically all of his films remade in like a five-year period um yeah I, I found all of those yeah. and in, in my collection at the weekend and it upset me yeah um because I, I even remember, like, liking the Hills of Eyes remake a bit. Oh, man, and, like, I loved that when I saw it at the cinema. Like, just, like, seeing the cover art of it made me cringe. Like, recently, <clears throat> like at the weekend, I was like, oh, no. Mm. Like, I can't be doing this. I mean, let alone the, the sequel. But just, just the, you know, because yeah, I, I did like the, the, the remake when it first came out. But just thinking of it and all, like, the weird stuff at the end with the nuclear homes. I know we've gone off on a real tangent. but Oh, I'm no, just, this like, is what these episodes are all about. Yeah, like like just getting those out and seeing all those DVDs, it just it really did remind me of that era because that was like like if if a horror movie came out on DVD in like between two thousand and two thousand and ten, I I was buying it. Yeah. 
And so it was weird to see that, that you know, it was almost a time capsule of, of that period of horror movies. Yeah, well, um, it was also at a time where you probably could have seen pretty much everything because it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't a huge breadth. Like I say, like cinema horror was rare where, you know, outside of these big hits, I mean, you know, you're getting a bit later to like Paranormal Activity and stuff. I know you're talking a little bit before that, but like there really wasn't in like record, you know, like when you found these bangers, you really cherished them back then because... I remember something, I think it came out a very similar time to this, like The Collector. Yeah. And being like, fuck yeah, like mm. this is brilliant. We're going to get a shit ton of these. And then like it took like years to get a sequel. Yeah. And then it just, then we just never got any more. Yeah, and it was they're like, still in the process of making that, that new one. Like we've had it in the news multiple yeah. times. <laughs> yeah. It's wild, you know, and, and yeah, like the hostile movies and that sort of thing. But, but yeah. And, and cause do you remember like the, that company? I don't know whether it was a production company or whether it was the same team, but it was like, oh, well, the ghost 13 ship ghosts, yeah. ghost ship house on haunted hill house of I'll look it up now yeah and like each year they're putting out these horror oh, you just movies. yeah you just said one of my favorites of that era like 13 ghosts i fucking yeah love 13 that ghosts film. is sick and and house on haunted hill is incredible yeah oh yeah that movie's um, scary as well what is the um oh it's a dark um, castle yeah but like was it just dark castle or was it like a team i thought but it was I made. There was like Warner was involved in Columbia and stuff. But Dark mm. Castle was kind of like the Bloom House, as it yeah. were. Like they were the logo but, that you would see. Because yeah, it's like, yeah. So their first film was ninety nine House of a Thousand Corpses. Um, yeah. House, House on Haunted Hill. Uh-huh. Um, and literally, so the first five they did was House on Haunted Hill, Thirteen Ghosts, Ghost Ship, Gothica, House of Wax. Yeah, bangers. Yeah, yeah, incredible stuff. But they're still yeah, good. They great. did like the orphan movie last year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was just like that run. I remember just like each one and mm. being like, oh, they've got another one. And because they were getting those licenses from like the old films. Yeah. Um, but like just just old films that I'd never seen. They were too old. And then yeah. just completely reimagining them. Yeah, that's what's um, made. Like I would love to see because yeah, 13 Ghosts. There's a movie from 1960. Yeah. Which is like Obviously, that's the year Psycho came out. Like, that'd be so crazy. I kind of, I want to see just clips of that. Mm. Just to see what yeah. that looks like. <laughs> but yeah, it was a weird time, like, mm. you know. Like, and, and yeah, like, I've got a lot of love for those horror. And, and yeah, it's hard to, to tell how good they actually are. Well, another thing as well, like, again, this is, I know this is like a crazy tangent now, talking about just this era. But, like, the Chucky sequels, like, that was very much in the Bride of Chucky era, which, we, which again, yeah. we're a huge fan of, like... Well, that's why, like, I think there's some real bangers there, and, and that's why, like, I think there's some real good ones, there's some good mid-tier, mm. and then there's just the absolute trash that you can't help but, like, because, yeah, I just saw loads of slashes, like, Valentine and stuff like that, where I'm like, oh, yeah, I like them, and, like, you know, I know what you did last summer and stuff, and yeah. it's like, yeah. Well, I just inadvertently was, said it, but, like, House of a Thousand Corpses was around that yeah. time as well. Yeah, like. exactly, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it was, a, it was a weird time, and it was, yeah, like I said, it was funny to just open this this DVD capsule of just every single one of those movies. <laughs> yeah, and this is definitely one of them. Like, I remember this when this film came out. Yeah, um, yeah. Which, again, is why I have such a weird memory this, of it. Like, this, I remember... This was in there. Yeah, like, because it was... I remember being... Like, like the weekend. Yeah, so Scream <laughs> 4 um, was one that I was very excited for. Um, and I remember going to the cinema and seeing that and having a blast because it was the first um, Scream I saw at the cinema. And, you know, that was very much like a, an active participation in that. Like, I remember the trailer coming out. I remember I was at university at the time and I remember showing people mm. the trailer for Scream 4 and being like, look how fucking sick this looks. Um and going to watch it whereas yeah my soul to take comes out just a bit before and it was like 
I think I heard about this because you showed me the DVD, <laughs> like physically. Yeah. You were like, look at this. And I was like, that's weird. And he's like, you know, who directed it. Like, where's Craven? I was like, what? <laughs> like, what is this? You have a movie coming out in like a week. Like, yeah, what, I was like, you why? can't make two at once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was wild. Mm. Um, but yeah, I guess kind of, um, yeah, slowly going back to the movie in question, my soul to take. <laughs> um, yeah, basically, a uh, the movie opens, and we'll talk about the open with mm-hmm. like the the end of a serial killer's run, and kind of him being taken down by police, maybe eventually, um, and then kind of cut to sixteen years later, and the town um, every year remembers the killer, but also the weird phenomenon that happened that multiple women went into labor the night that the killer died and seven babies were born on the same day that the the killer died and um yeah we're now 16 years later and the killings are starting again and um it seems that either the killer or killers is um reenacting the ripper's kind of kills uh or is the ripper himself or is one of the seven or is just trying to kill all of the seven. Mm. (laughs) And um, yeah, it's this weird slasher that is kind of centered around the, these seven kids and, and kind of the people going after him. And again, like that's a massive pull on nightmare on Elm street right there. Like, as I was Mm. talking about it, I was like, well, that's literally the plot of nightmare on Elm street. But like Freddie comes back and kills the children of the parents that wronged him. Yeah. You know, and it's like, yeah, it is weird how it is this pull from from a lot of like Wes's history. You know, it's very screamy. It's very Nightmare on Elm Street, um, you know, and in, in this weird kind of slasher where it just it it feels to me like this movie was made because Wes didn't really know that he was going to make a scream for. Mm, yeah, because at the time I remember like thinking to myself, oh, this was him like getting back into the helm and being like, oh, I've got scream Four. I'm going to bash out a horror beforehand and like, but, but now like looking at it and knowing that, um, he penned this, it was like, no, he, I think he was like, Oh, I want to make another slasher and I want to make this, I want to make a screen movie. And like I say, whether the, whether this was originally set to be a screen movie or not, like it definitely feels like this was Wes scratching that itch. And then suddenly scream four did come along yeah that's how i read it like Mm. watching this um and again not really knowing too much like i was astounded how you just swap a few things and it really does follow so many of the formula of previous scream films um aside from like you say the biggest turning or biggest sort of difference which i think is worth mentioning because it is something that is so important to the film and like why the title makes sense and everything is like yeah this serial killer in the opening is kind of like a soul like he it's a guy who has what multiple identity disorder Mm. um where or dissociative where he's like not aware he has another identity um but it's not just him it seems like it's like an identity like a soul that can kind of sort of travel between different people at different times um so like this guy that you see in the opening he's not aware exactly yeah well shocker is so like we i need to just get into this opening because this this opening 10 minutes is so (laughs) insane like 
I had to just take a breath after watching it because I was like, oh my god, if this is going to be what the rest of the film is, we've just I've just found the, the sequel to Shocker that I never knew existed. Mm. Um, because it was that exact vibe. It was unbelievable. Like Not the opening to Shocker because that's what's so funny. <laughs> it's almost like the inverse because Shocker starts out really serious. Yeah. And it's just about a dude killing people. And then it's not until he, he actually gives the, yeah, the electric chair and then that's when it goes mental. Um, whereas this movie, within 30 seconds, it's comedic vibe it's like people doing you know very cheesy over-the-top acting from this family man who's like possessed by this killer these like insane one-liners and it's it's like a one-liner followed by another one-liner followed by another one-liner and it's like you think this person's dead now they jumped up for that final jump scare like you get at the end of every screen movie yeah like but the let's killer do does jump scare the cop does yeah. a jump scare yeah, then they do it like four times in the same scene yeah yeah and, and, and after each one of those fake outs there's a cheesy one-liner that accompanies it mm. so it's very much like a you should have killed him when you had the chance and that's the liner and then there's someone jumping up and be like i will this time and then another yeah. person jumps up and is like no chance motherfucker yeah yeah like it's it's crazy where i was like this film is mental like the first 10 minutes and the way it all transpires in the in the um the ambulance like i always love when a film especially a horror film starts like most films end mm. i always think that's cool because normally you have to wait until the end of a film to get like a crazy standoff in an ambulance and stuff like that so just to open the movie with that is so cool i think um yeah. you know like he's going crazy and then like the fact that this thing flips and sets on fire and there's this level of amb- ambiguity because you don't actually see him die i was like I was like, holy shit, like this opening is mental. And then the movie obviously shifts to where the rest of the film takes place 16 years later. And there is still moments where it's zany and quite silly. But I think for the most part, that's not the tone. Um, Again, there's a lot in it that I think is funny. Um, and certain deliveries of, of certain characters. Like there's so many just characters popping up out of nowhere and like shouting um that yeah. just feels so comedic and again it's it's very hard to tell like like a lot of wes's films i almost love it in in so many ways because he's such an enigma yeah where i'm like i i we love wes craven so much we've now seen all of his films um and discussed them in depth but like i still struggle at times to fully get the tone that he's going for yeah um i don't a movie like this a filmmaker like at times mm. like you know yeah i you can watch like yeah. we've watched all of his movies and it isn't like oh this is definitely a wes movie yeah yeah that's the thing like there are so many directors that have an obvious tone mm. that they stick to and 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 you know mostly for better it's like a, like a rob zombie film is a prime example yeah. like uh, you know aside from him making something slightly different last time around it's a rob zombie film for the most part and we love it for that whereas yeah wes does so many like we've said before he spent a lot of his career it seemed like trying to break out of the mold that he got put in and then at times he's then more comfortable stepping back into that mold with with like the screen movies but then something like vampire in brooklyn that we discussed where he's trying to make a comedy you've then got a comedic actor in eddie murphy trying to make a serious vampire movie yeah. and it's just like what is going on here and i feel like other people have struggled with wes and his tone because he does want to make weird shit like i think that's his biggest takeaway is that he never just wanted to make the same film over and over again i think that's why yes we we have compared this to scream a couple of times but i think tonally it's so different it's only in terms of like 
ticking boxes and like you know the who done it and stuff like that but like there isn't a screen movie that he made or, or anyone else has made for that matter that has a tone like this film no. um and like you say it has that weird shocker vibe and then it gets a bit more serious or sort of 16 days later um 16 years later yeah but like i was was very confused at this point and excited for what's to come <laughs> at that point what what did you make i guess of the open i guess obviously you're you're how, how familiar with you with this film yeah, I know you've I've... seen it but but it must have been a while ago um it it was a while ago um but um yeah like as soon as it started and i was like like the the opening scene kind of ended and i kind of forgot how like over the top that was definitely but as soon as it kind of started again like i remembered like a few things like i remembered the whole fang being his Mm. sister like like early on when we saw her and i was like oh yeah i'm pretty sure she's not a mean girl by the end of it i'm pretty sure she's his sister and then like <laughs> and in, instantly i remembered who the killer was <laughs> right but i didn't i have some questions about that which we can get to yeah i mean uh, but i don't but there were things along the way that definitely i didn't um and uh, remember and and one of the big things was like the uh, the pacing of like people dying mm. because um I had, like I said, I, I remembered kind of those bits, like a bit, but there, there were certain characters, like I think it was Penelope was like the, the, mm. the kind of religious slash love interest, where yeah. I was like, man, I can't believe she got wiped out so quick. And then like yeah. the, the jock guy and Brittany got wiped out yeah. like, in the same scene. That was so scene. shocking to me. Yeah. yeah, and it was like we got we got to like probably about – I don't know, 50 minutes into this movie that that's like an yeah. hour and 50 and like four of the seven were dead. Mm. Like to the point that like we get to the point pretty uh, like about 40 minutes left of the movie where it's kind of like down to two people. Yeah. And, and then it's, this, it's, a very, it's a very long finale. Yeah. And, and I definitely found like, I, yeah, I really enjoyed the opening. I enjoyed like, get into the finale and then by the end of the finale i enjoyed it but there were definitely parts of it where i was like fucking hell i can't believe these two dudes are just chatting again and like like they had they had a little chat they naff off he gets stabbed like four times he comes back now all stabbed and he's like oh you've got a bit of blood on you and he's like yeah you've been stabbed like four times bro and then and then they have this then they have this the second time they have an awkward like well I could be the killer, but you know, why would I be? And then he's like, well, you know, I I might be the killer, but not really. And it was like this, it was this weird, like just, just over embellished kind of conversation between those two. Like, I think that whole finale was really good apart from the, the two long scenes of those two talking because it really did. They really wanted to keep you in, in, in anticipation. Yeah. Like, God, they wanted you to not know who it was for till the last second. Yeah, and it, and it was kind of ridiculous. And it was one where I was like, "Where where did Fang go? Mm, like, yeah. how long does it take her to get police?" Oh, that's and, hilarious. Is she just sitting in the car for like the whole time? Yeah, just like chilling, just like yeah. you know. And even what happens to um, oh God, what's his name? The blind guy is it Jerome? Yeah. Um, he just like the way he appears in the finale is so <laughs> bizarre. <laughs> I'm like, dude, how did you? get in there (laughs) yeah well because what happens again this is weird where um 
is it bug is yeah. fighting what seemingly is the the ripper yeah and then there's just like a loud noise off screen and yeah. the ripper just fucks off yeah. like oh i must go investigate this noise um which i'm assuming is that jerome coming into the house uh, i think it's him like i think he said didn't he jerome that like he he fell oh, into the house it. or whatever yeah, yeah because he got he got stabbed on like the roof trying to get into the house yeah, so and that like, happened pre the other fight. I'm, I'm not like, uh, I don't want to laugh because of like his disability, but just the the idea of him being like yeah. on oh, this, this guy's rooftop, stabbed, unconscious, and then waking up like this blind person that's been stabbed that's unconscious on a roof, like, yeah. and somehow he makes it into the building, and then like. And yeah, then, this is Daredevil's uh, origin story. Yeah, and then then he hits his knee on a, a dresser and makes a noise. I'm like, motherfucker, <laughs> how did you not make a noise until that point? You, oh, you so, is that, so is that what he said? Yeah, the no, the yeah. noise was him coming in, and then yeah. does he hide in the, closet, the closet in mate. anticipation? In closet, so, mate, so, yeah. so when the Ripper buggers off upstairs, he doesn't have a confrontation with Jerome at that nah, point. Nah, Jerome nah, just like Jerome slowly was, bleeding Jerome to death. Hidden, yeah, right, that's crazy. Yeah. I think that's yeah. the thing that I, I, again, we're jumping all over the shop, but like I had a really good time with this movie. Mm. Um, but definitely the finale is where I just had like questions where I was like, this is, again, it starts uh, with a tone, which I loved, which then it, it doesn't throw away, but it's not fully that tone for the rest of the movie. We then then get a bunch of cool scenes. Like I love the scene with Bug and um, is it Brandon? Is that his friend? Mm. Um, doing like the condor bit in the classroom. Um, I loved all that and kind of like the bit with the bully and everything. That was great. Then like the spine on the girls in the bathroom was great. Like I loved all the hijinks like in the school. It was fantastic. Um, then getting to like actually the Ripper killing people. I thought pretty much they were all great. Um, again, like a lot of films of this era, it relies or it doesn't rely on, but it has the mix of cool practical effects and then just like stupid visual effects that the movie just doesn't need, mm. um, particularly in the blood where it's like yeah. it has good fake blood that you see but then they just for some reason add digital blood that just looks terrible um so that is off-putting but it's very much just it's a 2010 film like it just stands out like a sore thumb of this era um and then like i say once it was getting to the finale in the house i was on board i didn't know where it was going the kind of the reveal of the sister like you say you, when you get the opening and i was a bit confused because we obviously see the daughter of the ripper yeah in the opening scene so i was aware of that of like okay this is gonna be someone but then for the throughout the whole film they are making it seem like bug is the one who obviously has the attachment to the ripper which obviously gets explained later on but like that did confuse me because i was going through a whole different range of emotions where i was like <laughs> was that not a girl in the opening scene yeah, or is there some other weird thing with bug now like i was going through so many things to make it more complicated than it was um because i was like well, who is the connection to this little girl so that i didn't ever really suspect it was fang so like when that's reveal which is done in such a casual way of her just walking down the stairs and insulting him hey, i was like yeah i was just like oh wait you guys live in the same house oh wait that's your sister like and now she's being called leia like you know the, the name of the girl in the opening scene like it's i thought that was all really well done um yeah and getting the confrontation with the mom and finding out the history but then yeah it was it, it's not even that it was bad it was just it went on a bit too long let's like, say the fake outs between the two of them bug and brandon i i was getting to the point where i was like i almost don't care who it is at this point because mm. it's like well it's one of you and you've both done enough mad shit at this point that i don't really care who it is yeah. um but i still enjoyed it by the end the 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 question i want to just get to with in terms of that because i was a bit confused mm. um is like 
so throughout this film we're talking about souls and you know when the people are getting killed like the souls are going into bug because he's like <laughs> like when the guy on the bridge dies early on he then he then becomes creative because apparently that guy was creative and like <laughs> i love this this weird element that wes put in this film that again isn't fully you know, know it's not fully realized but it's there and it's interesting um at one point he, you the know, souls are having conversations with him where he's like oh yeah thingy's putting the timeline together now to see whether you could be the killer um britney he's like britney's putting the the timeline together to see whether you could do all these murders and i'm like jesus christ like they're all like in his head talking to him yeah which is again is bizarre so yeah the the question i had was obviously you get the reveal that like brandon Mm. i guess has the soul of the ripper in him at that point um so was he the is killer Brandon, for the whole movie? Yeah, yeah. Was Brandon the killer in the whole? I guess it's a two-part question. But let's mm. start with that. Like, was was Brandon the killer the whole time? Do you do you know the answer to that? I don't know the answer to it. Um, right? Is it is it left open? Would you say, or do you think uh, we just don't understand it? I don't know. Like, I kind of feel like it's left open because I feel like he easily could have been, but I think that we could have easily been in a world where, like. Yeah, Brittany, you know, Brittany killed Penelope and then Brandon killed Brittany and, and you know... Oh, they're, the, like, all doing it, right, yeah. Yeah, and, like, even that Bug was, like, involved even, like, mm. it, you know, because there are multiple scenes where Bug, like, freaks out with a knife and shit and, like... Yeah. You know, he has, he has images of... Uh, memory of him dragging Brittany's body. Yeah. And, like, and then he, and then when he's got his cake and he's eating his birthday cake and or blowing out the candles, he has he's covered in mud. Mm. So I'm like, I uh, yeah, I think it's open ended, but but I, I could easily, you know, like I say, I think that Bug could have easily committed some of these murders. And then actually, I don't know, man. Like the more I think about it, because when we got that monologue right at the end, and he's like, I'm not the hero. Like I don't want to be the hero, but I'm going to fake mm. it for Brandon. Like, I, part of me does wonder, like, how much of the film Bug was the killer. I That's how I read it. Like, to, I, especially because he's consuming the souls mm. of the people, which that was, like, I think that was the gimmick of the Ripper, was, like, that's mm. why he was doing it sort of thing. So, in my eyes, Bug was killing the people. And then, like, in the finale at some point, the Ripper's soul went from Bug to Brandon, and then he kills Brandon, mm. like, to kill the Ripper sort of thing. Um, yeah. So that was confusing to me. The the other question I had was like when when his sister says mm. about how he like killed people in the past. Do you know, do mm. you know like what she's referring to? Because they talk about him being in like a institution or something. Yeah, well, I think again, like it's not it's not cleared up, and I think mm. it, it talks a lot. You know, it goes a lot to what I kind of seen when I looked into the making of this a bit. That like there was a lot of reshoots because yeah. there is a. I did see that there was like a deleted scene that. Um, she talks about that again uh, to say that he's been in a mental institution and stuff in front mm-hmm. of the the, the mum or the, you know the, the auntie. Yeah, because she's um, like hiding it, isn't she? She keeps like yeah, not wanting him to find out about and, his past or whatever. And yeah, like it, it it seems very much that like I I do wonder if this is the classic Wes movie where what we've discussed and like bug being the killer and like the killer being multiple people and everything else, um, didn't test well. Mm. And that's why it was kind of stripped away and was like, Oh yeah, it's probably just Brandon. Mm. And like, and then the reshoots kind of just did it to like 
put that in and and because like i say the stuff that's in there where bug is like literally having memory of dragging the bodies and like he's covered in mud like you know just just doesn't get explained like either he did it or he can just see through the killer's eyes um yeah like did he just have the soul of whoever the killer was in that moment now inside him Like like it is once you're dealing with what this film is about it's it's easy to open it up to interpretation because like I say, it could be any of these scenarios because it's obviously it's very supernatural. Like we're talking about souls jumping into people and even like the ending of, so why does bug stabbing Brandon and then Brandon's last moments when he's alive, be him as a real person back to normal Brandon. Why does that suddenly kill the Ripper's soul? Like (laughs) surely that just went back into bug at that point (laughs) or his sister. (laughs) Yeah, like I mean, there was plenty of people around that he could have moved into. I think that's the problem. Like, because I don't think this movie is very well received. Mm, no, and I think that's you know when you start to break it down with the, with that, like there there are a lot of this you know this whole movie. This movie is called My Soul to Take. Um, eventually, um, and when you look at you know all of the soul stuff and, and what that means and who the killer is, these questions, you know, the last few minutes we've been talking about, it's, it's muddy and it's messy. Yeah. And, and it screams that the reshoot might have caused that issue. But either way, I think it, it just shows that like that, you know, and I think that's why a lot of people, this doesn't sit that, that well with. Um, mm. But for me, ultimately, um, like I, I just have a good time with it. Yeah. Yeah, like, I, I, I'm I, glad you mentioned that, like, the overall reception, because it was one that I was definitely aware of going into this, mm. where, like, that was one of the few things I remembered where people were like, oh, it's, you know, it's terrible. It's so I was expecting, like, a stinker, and we have seen some stinkers. And for me, this is far from that. Like I say, I have some problems in understanding some of the weird aspects of the law and the background of what's actually going on. Like, I think, again, it has that problem of not fully establishing what the rules are in this world. And it's why something like Nightmare on Elm Street is so bulletproof as a film, because I don't think any point when I've ever watched that original film, I I ever had any questions about, like, understanding what was going on. And again, that's like a a mad concept when you're dealing with it. You know, it's another supernatural thing. It's not like Scream that it's just a guy with a knife. Like, it's mental and bizarre, but it's, it's so easy to comprehend because the story's told so well and this clearly isn't that but i still think that this is super entertaining really well acted i thought like i think everyone is pretty good in the cast um throughout again for a young cast like i really liked bug and brandon and pretty much everyone like all the girls and everything they were all great um and yeah like i still think whilst the ending was slightly long and a bit confusing i'm glad i saw this um and it's it's definitely it's not it's clearly not one of his best films but it's it's definitely not one of his worst no this is opinion. a mid-tier whiz definitely mm, yeah um but yeah is that are we are we ready to rank here do we have I anything mean, else think, to I say that's probably a good a good you know we're already we're already starting to get into that wheelhouse so it seems like a good time to to jump into it yeah let's do it i mean we'll um we'll probably go over the full list at the end but um i mean this isn't going to be you know top no. shall we say um we're getting into like mid of the list is kind of like last house on the left of scream free to people under the stairs and then you've got like the bottom tier which is like deadly blessing deadly friend vampire in brooklyn and serpent in the rainbow yeah um, so like it's i think it's it's comfortably better than those last ones you said and then i think we just work up yes. from there 
yeah i agree those bottom four it's this better than them so then going from so 12 13 and 14 is the people under the stairs cursed and swamp thing um and i guess above that is scream free but it's clearly not anywhere near that um so i would say yeah it's somewhere in there like it's difficult what's say those ones again so people under the stairs the highest at 12 Mm -hmm. then cursed and then swamp thing Yeah. So, I mean, you're talking about four vastly different films. Um, yeah, like, I think I enjoyed this more than, than Swamp Thing. And then, yeah, I think I did as well. And then it's like, man, Cursed, People Under the Stairs, and this are incredibly close for me. Yeah, like, same. In terms of, like, they're just, like, good movies. They have their faults. They have their highs. They have their lows. You know, Cursed had some crazy highs and lows. You know, this did the same. And I think People Under the Stairs is probably like the most consistently good movie of them all, but doesn't have mm. the highs. Yeah. I think there are better moments than the other two. Um, the other thing just to touch upon, this movie, like, I just wrote, just popped into my head. This was in the era of, we spoke about the remakes, but this got the curse of the other thing that was around that time, <laughs> the, the 3Dism. Yeah, yeah, the 3D um, uh, post-conversion, yeah, which was terrible. Which is just bath. Yeah, like, just so mm. awful. I'm so glad that, like, we're beyond that now. Yeah. Now, now that was one of the main reasons. And you don't do it. Yeah, and and, like, and he does it properly as mm. well. Like, say, this is a post-conversion. This was never shot in 3D. This was never conceptualized in 3D. It came out at a time during the 3D boom post-Avatar. Um, and so they decided to put it in 3D screenings, which is one of the reasons why it bombed, because it got put into so many of the special 3D screenings, and, and nobody wanted to see it. Um <laughs> But yeah, it's uh, in terms of the list, you know, looking at, I guess we're we're right now just looking at people under the stairs and cursed. Mm. Like for me, the people under the stairs is one of the hardest movies to um, figure out my own opinion on, because I know, again, this is our list um, and it will always just be our list and it's just our favorites. It's not talking about, you know, we're not trying to rate this in any sort of critical aspect. It's just what do we prefer? Um, But I'm aware that that's the one that we clearly like less than most people. So I always it's hard for me to fully judge it because I I think people on the stairs is good. I just know everyone else thinks it's so much better than we think it is. Yeah. Um, So that's like the only that's a difficult one for me where I'm like and cursed cursed was fun. I'm trying that it's very similar to cursed. Actually, Mm. I'm trying to think just which movie I had more fun with. Um, and I don't, it's hard cause I got recency bias. So like, I'm thinking about this movie a lot more and I'm already struggling to think about cursed. I know that's exactly where um, I'm at, but I do mm-hmm. like, I do just think that this one speaks probably a little bit more to my taste. You know, yeah, I think with, it does for me as well. With, with it being cursed a had more like potential, didn't it? Of like yeah. being Wes's take on a werewolf film. I think, and I it think, so, it's so disappointing. What I it think ended that's up being. the thing that like, I come out of this movie with not a huge amount of disappointment. I come mm. out of this movie thinking like, oh, it was a fun slasher. I had a good time. And he probably needed to just get that plot down a bit more, you know, explain to me the whole soul thing. And was it the one killer or multiple or whatever? And not, not leave me as confused on that. Whereas coming out of Cursed, we were like, fuck, he had the creature design. He had, the, mm. he had, he had the script. He had everything, and he just got fucked so badly. And in he the had end, a film at one point. <laughs> he had he had a film at one point, and like we never get to see that, and like that. Mm-hmm. So like my overwhelming like post cursed like feeling is like of disappointment. 
as yeah, opposed same. to like this, where I'm like, oh yeah, no, this was just like fun. I also think yeah, like for me, the cursed is in that bracket of we have the bad Wes films and then we have a small portion of kind of like, oh, they're not what they could have been. Mm. And then you then get from like pretty much people on the stairs, to be honest, like the top 12 is like these are just great Wes films. Mm. Um, So I do like the fact that these two, to me, make perfect sense that they're going to be touching in Mm. the list. Um, Like I I think that it's clearly going to be below people on the stairs it's just which one above the other but yeah i would i would lean towards yeah. more my soul to take because i do I think, think it so. was closer to what he was going for like it's pretty much there i would say this is probably 80 percent the way yeah, there definitely, um definitely. whereas cursed is nowhere near that close yeah um so yeah are we in agreement then that my yeah. soul to take is the new number 13 um so yeah that's it now so 19 of his uh again that he did i guess what was it called there was a movie he did that's just not a horror film i can't remember what it's called now something of oh. the heart like rhythm of the heart or something no. god. music of the heart is that what it is oh god um you no. can look that up because i need to paris read 19 films something, isn't it it's something paris oh there's no there's two there's two. Oh, okay yeah you can potentially look that up if you'd like because i have a lot of reading to do here so we have our ranking we're right gonna now. start from the bottom um, and and uh yeah let's work, do it because uh, um way up just you know for yeah the fun i don't yeah, we don't do the whole list, but seeing as this is the kind of kind of for the for the finale for the most point, there might be an epilogue to it, but this is the <laughs> list. Um because yeah. I just, I really want to see this other film now that I've discovered it, but um this was what we set out to do initially. Um yeah. which is again, we can always add to it if we want. But yeah, number 19, the worst again, uh, again, uh, no, our least favorite Wes Craven film at number 19 um is The Serpent and the Rainbow, which I mean, we'd have to analyze all these, but like, I'm, I'm glad that's last because yeah. that boy, I I struggle to remember anything about like even going up to the next film, which was Vampire in Brooklyn. I can remember a couple of good scenes in that, and going forward, it'll only get better. I don't remember anything of good of merit in that film. Well, the thing that made me laugh is is that I just remember with Vampire in Brooklyn that I really didn't like that movie. So the fact mm. that I like Serpent and the Rainbow less. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it yeah, was no a question. Really bad. Um, so yeah, 18, Vampire in Brooklyn. Uh, 17, Deadly Friend. 16, Deadly Blessing. We we never could break up those two deadly films. They were always destined to be touching in this list. Um, yeah, I mean, I still don't know the difference between, between the two. Like... <laughs> yeah. Deadly <laughs> Friend is the wacky sci-fi one with deadly. the robot. Deadly Friend is the one that, that probably has been shafted and should be much higher on the list. <laughs> you, you need to watch Deadly Friend. Um, That's the greatest deadly, version ever. Deadly Blessing, I actually think would just say, I would say what you just said in terms of, because I think there's a really interesting and cohesive story in that, and it's really well, like, really good cinematography and really well acted. It's just kind of boring. Yeah. Um, but there's so much in that that's clearly, you know, made its way into Nightmare on Elm Street, which is so cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, moving on to number 15, Swamp Thing. Um, Number 14, Cursed. The new number 13, My Soul to Take. Number 12, The People Under the Stairs. Um, Then we really get into some big heavy hitters. The the first screen movie, um, our least favorite of Wes's screen movies, is number 11, Scream Free. Um, Then number 10, his his debut film, The Last House on the Left. Nice to see it in the top half of the list. Yeah, and I think that one is such a weird, you know, mm. it's such a weird movie because it's so unsettling that, like, I would watch 
so many more of the movies further down the list multiple times before I watch that movie again. But you can't change what it is, you know, mm. and, 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 and how gnarly it is. Just, um, yeah, it's not something that you can just watch. Again, it's funny. It's almost like we made this list, but like I'm mm. so happy that it's right bang in the middle because mm. I think that's the perfect way to describe that film. Mm. Like it really is. I think it's awesome and it's so cool that it kicked off his career with such a classic. Will I hardly, I don't know when I'll ever rewatch that. But then it's yeah. funny that the movie below it's... that, our least favorite <laughs> Scream film, I've seen infinitely more times and yeah. will continue to see Scream four more times than I ever see Last House on the Left. Well, I think as well, it's funny that, like, like you say, even though this is our list, we haven't, this is the first time I'm hearing and like it all together do you know what i mean like, yeah and yeah. the fact that that is number 10 in his top 10 is perfect mm. like that that is yeah. the perfect number for that to be like in my head that's where it should be and i'm i'm yeah. so glad that like you know if you just say yeah what are the top 10 where's craven movies i'd be like right let's start off with last house and then go from there <laughs> like so it really yeah, well, has worked that perfect yeah, like, I don't think we need to, because I think we're both very happy with this. And obviously, we've done this now over years. But like, we've always had the, the we could have switched things out on a whim whenever we wanted to. Well, I think that's um, the thing. If Last House wasn't in the top 10, I would have probably been like, I think it needs to get in the top 10 somehow. And so the fact that yeah, it's 10 if is that perfect. Yeah, if that would have crept down to like 12 or something, it just would have yeah. felt right. Yeah, um, But yeah, I, I agree. And then we just get into stuff that's, you know... We get into the best of his films or we get into ones that are just such our favorites. I love that number nine, probably the biggest surprise for me in this whole list is Shocker. Mm. Um, obviously, it's the highest uh, rated film that I'd never seen before. So yeah. um, that was the one that was a real joy to me and one that I've only seen once. So I cannot wait to rewatch that in the future. Um, number eight was Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Um, number seven, which is God, this just shows you the quality of this list, man. That's number seven is Scream 2. <laughs> like, in my opinion, one of the greatest horror sequels of all time, and it's yeah. number seven. Crazy. Um, yeah, number six, the opening, is... the opening of that, oh, like, God, introducing it's... the scrap the stab franchise, mm -hmm. like, in the yeah. cinema with the, with the double murder, like that, like one of the best openings of a sequel ever like and then and like i say just opening this world up of stab which is just like you know what elevated the screen movies to a whole new level yeah, well, it's interesting because I think this was the one that we probably debated a lot in terms of Scream 2 mm. because we both love Scream 2 so much, but it's very difficult when you're dealing with clearly our third favorite Scream film. Mm. Um, so it is difficult, because especially going to number six, um, which is The Hills of Eyes, which, mm. again, is an absolute classic, an absolute banger. One of the reasons, like one of the franchises, why we fell in love with Wes. But on most days, I probably would prefer to watch Scream 2. Um, yeah. So it's a difficult one. Um but but nevertheless definitely valid um and then we get into our top five um god these movies are just sensational i mean these five are you know some of our favorite movies of all time I like this, say, this five alone like, is why wes is our favorite director you know if i was to say my top five horror movies of all time like if, certainly if i was to give a top 10 like you know these, mm. these would probably mostly be in there yeah for sure um so yeah number five is red eye um which obviously we we finally got to discuss this year yeah. just god i've loved that movie from the second we saw it at the cinema when it came out it's so so good yeah and um, it's a love of killian murphy as well that's like mm. and his career that like i will continue to seek him out because of his performance solely in red eye 
Yeah, I'm so glad we got to talk about Red Eye this year because, yeah. you know, he's been around for so long, but there's no question, absolutely no question that this is his biggest year of all time. Um, you know, he is he is the lead in one of the biggest films of the year, and I hope he has a lot of recognition coming his way early next year. Um, then into number four, our, our beloved, and the one that is the story of basically why this podcast exists, um, is The Hills of Eyes Part 2. Oh, sensational yeah. so happy that it still stayed that high fully deserved if anyone's like what you need to go listen to our episode on that film because yeah, i think we did a good be, job of it probably should be higher it probably should to be honest like i feel that way about all these films at this point yeah <laughs> like and, um, i remember i was i was pushing for red eye to be higher at the yeah. time like it's just difficult and again at the weekend sorting out uh, all my old storage boxes and found the hills of ice part two vhs tape um, which I will always, I, I decided to get rid of the, the video player because I'm mm. like, that's just stupid. I'm never putting the video <laughs> in and actually watching it, but I I'd be, I'd be too worried to get destroyed. Exactly. But I'm like, I'm, I'm clearly still going to keep the video. <laughs> like yeah, that's that needs to be encased out. like in a special case to keep it perfect. Yeah. Well, when, um, when, you know, years gone by when, you know, when, the, when the show inevitably ends and, and the fans kind of, you know, start creating shrines and everything else, then, <laughs> then we, we will, we will donate this, this, this video to, to the fan with the bigger shrine. Oh, hell no. That's not going anywhere. <laughs> like, I'm I'm top of that list if you're never owning it, that's for sure. Um, but yeah, that's number four. Number three, now we're getting into the big ones. Of course, number three is Scream 4. Um, in my opinion, uh, you know, the best sequel to Scream. Um, an amazing yeah, franchise. Our, our six, yeah, like, <laughs> you know, six, six fantastic entries. Mm. Um, one of the best this year and one of the best horror films of this year was mm-hmm. the newest Scream. And it's and it's why it's I mean, it's probably the best franchise, to be honest, like six yeah. undoubtedly fantastic ones. But when you're the best of I mean, you're talking Scream 2, Scream 6, like these are amazing films. But Scream 4 is so, so special. And I think the reason why is because it has my favorite killers aside from the first film. Like I adore that reveal and everything. I've I've been a lifelong Emma Roberts fan because of that film um, and will always get excited to see her and stuff just because it always reminds me of that amazing star making performance in Scream 4. It's, well, it's such like a, we said a with um, Killian Murphy. You know, yeah. it's, it's the same thing with with it really know, Scream is. 4 was what really got us on the Emma Roberts train as well. And like her performance and that we will just continue to seek her out, you know, for for a lifetime. Exactly. And then, yeah, we then get to number two. They're crazy that there has to be there has to be a number two. And it's much debated even between ourselves to this day. Um, And I honestly feel like we'll never have a definitive one because it's almost like the impossible question, really, of like when you put Scream against Nightmare on Elm Street, I don't ever want to have to judge them that way because they're both perfection. I can't do it. And like. Yeah, I, I almost don't want you to say like two and one because because in my <laughs> mind I'm like it's almost indistinguishable because they're both so yeah. seminal, um, mm. and it is wild that like that there you know especially when you think of f- films that are that good but also shaped us as a horror fan that much. Mm. Name a name another movie that would that would cause as much of a headache as these two going up against each other. Like just just out yeah. you know like outside of Wes, it's like. I don't think there is one. No, certainly no. not. Because in Maybe. my opinion, on any given day, I would say either of these are the greatest horror film ever made. Yeah, like that's how, that's you know, it would about. be it would be something like Texas Chainsaw Massacre or something that would cause us this amount of headache. 
you know, like it would need to be something like crazy. But even then, when it's a super horror bros list, like what these two movies did to shape us. And, and so that's why yeah, it's so hard to distinguish. It is, but like we had to put a two next to one of them, mm-hmm. um, which we ended up giving to Scream, um, mm-hmm. which I almost feel like the caveat is just because there's a lot of Scream. Um, <laughs> and granted, of course, there's a lot of Nightmare. There's only Not, two on the list because yeah. he only directed two of them. Um, and I think that that is probably the distinguishing factor. But it's weird because like the one thing I will say is Scream is clearly the superior franchise, yeah. in my opinion um because it just has six that i would watch on any given day whereas i've spoke in length and like i love a nightmare on elm street our number one film of course and i but i do think that it's it doesn't get the credit it deserves because of the franchise it yeah. exists in and that's it sounds like such a diss but it's not supposed to be that way because i say the exact same thing about texas chainsaw massacre and it's weird because like i don't think psycho has this problem at all yeah hellraiser does as well but it's weird how like psycho has a yeah, bunch just of shit be standalone yeah, and it's like, but, but, and, and it's like, oh yeah, but it's Hitchcock's one. And it's like, well, this should be the same way. Again, I know Wes made another one. It's yeah, on but, our list. We yeah, love New I Nightmare. I was going to say, put New Nightmare in the conversation then because it's also a banger. You know, if, exactly. Wes, if Wes had made four or five Nightmare on Elm Street movies, it could have been such a different story. Um, but I think the other thing as well is because Freddy became <clears> such <throat> a, a pop icon yeah. because it's the same actor in all those films. Again, Robert England as Freddy, I can watch that in a terrible film. It's so entertaining. But yeah. what. The performance, we how have. scary it is. <laughs> yeah, like, it, like that movie, again, I don't think it gets the credit it deserves. Where It would be nailed on. Like so many of these other films are nailed on. Whereas I think with that, people sometimes will go, oh, yeah, they'll think of some of the goofier stuff with Freddy and think of him more as like a comedic one-liner. Yeah, not in You that. just have to judge that one film. Try to block out everything else and just judge that one film on its own. It's impeccable. Like there mm. is no doubt in my mind how special that film is. Um, I think as well, like, obviously, you talk about how special that the the film is, like, critically, you know, with these Mm. two. But I think as well, the reason why that got the nod above Scream is because it it was the the genesis of a lot of things, you know, for for us, you know, in particular, for me, I think, like, Freddie has always been my guy. And like, I just, I've loved him from such a young age. And like, I... I was aware that the dude that did Freddy had made these movies called Scream. You know what I mean? Like, I mm-hmm. wouldn't have, ne- I would have, I would have come across Scream, but I don't think I would have seen him when I saw them. Which, and when we saw those Scream movies, were perfect because it was when like the sequels were then coming out and stuff. And so, like, just all of that time, and it was the house that Freddy built. Like, where's Craven mm-hmm. filmography? Us, us following him. And so, you know, and I think that's why it's like. You know, Freddy as a as a character and that movie is just so incredibly important to to our love of wares, our love of horror, and, and everything. Also, like I guess, what without Nightmare on Elm Street, do we not get the greatest film trilogy of all time? Um, I'm I'm scared now. <laughs> like technically, if if a Nightmare on Elm Street didn't exist, do we maybe not get the Lord of the Rings? Um, no, we don't. We don't. Well, I mean, so to me, that house, alone is the house that Freddie built, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Like to me, that's the decider. Like, yeah, yeah so, I've, I've had an argument with people. <laughs> I genuinely because that's how ne- the thing is. That's how ridiculous you have to get in this argument because you can't talk about the films because the films are impeccable <laughs> and there's there's no you can't yeah. say if someone says to me, "Scream's the greatest horror film of all time," I'm going to go, "Yep, 
Yeah. That's my argument. Yeah. I go, uh-huh. Yeah, like, I'm not going to ever debate that. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas with this, it's like, yeah, I can at least go into some ridiculous reason of like, well, technically, even though it's got nothing to do with horror, in my opinion, the greatest film trilogy of all time maybe wouldn't exist without Nightmare on Elm Street. Ooh. So there you go. Um, but yeah, that is it for now after three and a half years. Um, <laughs> Where's Craven's number one movie, The Lord of the Rings trilogy? <laughs> <laughs> It's taken us three and a half years to come to that fucking conclusion. Oh my god, that's so good. Oh, this was all worth it. Oh my god, that was the best thing I've heard all year. That was amazing. Uh, it's so true. <laughs> oh dear. Oh, sorry, but yeah. I'm sorry. I do love you really. No, oh. he gets credit, man. Like yeah, he's he the he's credit. the big guy. Yeah. It goes Wes Craven, then Peter Jackson, in my yeah, opinion, fair. Um, and then and then Tolkien third. Um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. This is we've been going for too long at this at this point. But yeah, that was it. Like yeah. it's taken we've that been long. Going too long um, on this podcast. Too long on this review for Wes Craven. Three odd years. Too long on the podcast in general. Like yeah, yeah. Um, but like I say, it, it would be fun because there are these weird little things like. Mm. Like I say, even just looking it up, I kind of want to see this uh, this first movie from 1978. And who knows? There's, I mean, we even discussed like doing it. I know we kind of just did a mini version of it there, like a Nightmare on Elm Street scream. And I honestly feel like we just couldn't. I don't know. I I would almost dread that in some ways of trying to to recontextualize it because I think we've done it now. Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, that those other, even if we don't necessarily rank them, I would love to just check them out. But I think at this point, fuck it, let's just put them in the list. Um, but uh, so, yeah, that is it, though. That is the official ranking done, which is cool. So, like I say, make sure you check all these out. They're all available on the feed. Obviously, it started with the first Scream, uh, the first four Scream movies um, mm -hmm. around episode 200, which shows you how long wow. ago that was. Um and then obviously we've done it in release order. So it was what last house uh, on the left until uh, mm -hmm. this week's episode, my soul to take. So yeah, man, what an, what an adventure. Like we it's awesome. Like I'm so glad we done this and we couldn't have ever done it. We, I mean, we joked in the past about doing like other directors and stuff, but it never would have been this enjoyable. Right. I think this journey, having like the pinnacle of some of our favorite movies, having movies we've never seen before, then having just some like real shitters in there as well. Like I think just the variety made this so enjoyable for me. Um, yeah, you don't. We don't get this again with anyone else. No, definitely not. Because we don't have that passion for anyone else. Like, say it'd be great to do. Like, the only other one is someone like Rob Zombie, but we've already done that. We've yeah. talked about his films so much. You know, most of them we've done episodes on, and and then even I think it was what episode one hundred we like ranked them at the I was time. Say, yeah, I, was I know there's say, been ranked like, them at the time, and then we've done every yeah, but we've, we've yeah we've spoke about every other movie since. Like, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, this was just perfect. But yeah, that was a great time. Um, but yeah, uh, that was our ranking, our final ranking. Uh, we'll take a quick break and we will be right back. Oh man, that is it. I feel I feel exhausted. These uh, like these web episodes. Yeah, they're so awesome, but they're they're very tiring in a good way. Um, yeah, it's weird. Like it always felt like it was a continuation of like, you know, we'd do these sort of every couple of months, and I'd always be excited or nervous <laughs> to see mm. what was next. And it's wild that it's like I know we again we have these side films, but like the actual what we set out to do is over now. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, 
Wow. It's sad, man. Like, I, I liked the fact that I've discussed time and time again that there's so many of my favorite directors, I've not seen a lot of their films. Mm. You know, like, I've not seen, you know, many Hitchcock films and many of these other directors. So it was always exciting to me because, again, especially with someone like Wes, that you know that there's only a finite amount of them. Um, and, it, and that's what's cool, I guess, about these TV stuff is like they're, they're still out there. So I still have that feeling, kind of. <laughs> yeah. Like I almost don't want to see them all because I don't want to ever get to a point where I've I seen everything this is made. But I kind of do um, now, like you, where mm, we've gone this far, where I do just want to see that other Yeah. Stuff. I do as well. Because I say there are other directors that I'll save for a rainy day where there will just be like a film. You know, we're like, oh, I'll save this. Like there's, you know, there's many Hitchcock films that I've not seen. Um, whereas, yeah, with with Wes, we've come this far now, I feel like. And especially because it's all catalogued, that's a cool aspect of it. Mm. They're like, maybe our thoughts three years ago on some of these films is different to what it would be today. Um, so that's another cool aspect of it. Um, but yeah, the, uh, the one thing I was going to quickly mention, only very briefly because we've already gone along, and I know I did I did kind of discuss it last week with the game, mm. um, but I did rewatch Texas Chainsaw Massacre nice. over the past week. Um, just phenomenal. Like, it's one of those films that my opinion never changes on it. Like, I always e- expect to be like, ah, oh, is this not as good as I remember? I don't know why. Um, yeah. Again, maybe it is like that sequelitis and stuff and putting it on a pedestal, but it's just perfect. From the moment yeah, it begins, think, especially um, when Hitchhiker enters the film, I'm just like in yeah. love with it. I think it is because, you know, you watch these films and you're like, you know, when you, when you don't watch them, you just talk about them. You're like, oh, yeah, they're the greatest, mm-hmm. you know they are in the conversation of the greatest horror movie of all time. So when you watch it, you're like, is it really? Because I think I've watched this one enough where I'm like, Oh no, it is like Scream yeah. and nightmare on Elm street. But like the, the two for me that I always watch where I'm nervous. And then I, then I watch them and I'm like, what the fuck was I worried about is the shining and mm. silence of the lambs. Yeah. Like the amount of times that like I talk up silence of the lambs, and the, every time I go to watch Silence of the Lambs, I'm like, oh, I don't think this is going to be very really good. I don't think, not, not, not very good, but like, I'm not going <laughs> to like, like be blown away by it and love it. And then yeah. like it starts and I'm like, where's the fucking masterpiece? What, what was I thinking? <laughs> yeah. It's funny. All, I think all those films you just mentioned, I would then add Psycho and Dawn of the Dead to that list. And I think to me, mm. unless I'm, unless I'm forgetting something obvious, if we were to have a debate of what I think is the greatest of all time, it would be all those whatever is that seven or eight. I'm not, so Ooh. was it Scream, Nightmare, Dawn, Psycho, Texas, Lambs? Is that six? I wasn't feels happy. like it's more than that. Um, but yeah, wh- whatever all those films we just listed, like mm. again, unless there's something obvious that I'm missing. Um, and again, modern era gets tricky, but like for me, those would be the big heavy hitters. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. Definitely. And, and yeah, like every time I watch them, I'm always blown away. Like every time I rewatch psycho and which is every year, um, I, I always love it. And then yeah, Texas is one that I, I think it's cause I haven't watched Texas in a while. Mm. You know, we've, I probably seen the last at least two, sequels since i went back to the original yeah that's always a problem um, yeah and like even the netflix one that had some fun shit in it the one before that leatherface was an absolute abomination um but yeah it was it, it was so good like i love how it builds and builds and builds then you just get like 10 to 15 minutes of absolute chaos yeah where everyone just gets wrecked yeah. other than sally like literally everyone gets destroyed so unceremoniously with like almost no fight back it's so astonishing to see that in a horror film with mm. the villains just overpower them so easily and then you just get like 25 minutes of madness just absolute madness of like the cook when he gets re put back into the film and all of his interactions with the family are just so good and then lead into that finale which is 
perfection like arguably the greatest ending of any film like i just i love it it's magical and, I, and as i said last week i think the authenticity of that movie is like that and blair witch are the two that i always think when i think mm. of that word specifically with films because they're the two that i believe like even though i know they're not real when i watch chainsaw well, and when i watch blair witch i still believe they're real <laughs> yeah but they're, they're so interesting for different reasons because blair witch mm. tricked you into thinking it was real and, yeah. and did everything else texas chainsaw massacre was real like, yeah, they, that's they, true. They yeah. got as close to killing her as you could, and well, uh, like, and you couldn't do it now. But back then, like, they got as close as you could. They put the cast through living hell. And yeah, those those times she jumps through the window looks sober. Or it's crazy. my god, they look so painful, and and yeah, and and just so many things about it, and just everything just looks so hot and disgusting, and like <laughs> they actually use body parts for like some of it, and like rotten yeah. animal carcasses and stuff. Like it, the whole shoot just sounded fucking horrific, and yeah. like and it's cap and it and it's just captured in the movie perfectly, you know. But mm. but yeah, so so you know, it doesn't surprise me that that is what you'd say is the most authentic movie of all time because. It, it's because it absolutely is like other than an actual snuff movie yeah that's such a good point i never even thought about it like that but you're absolutely true it is like almost watching a documentary mm. <laughs> and like i say it, it is the case of the blair which tricked you into thinking that whereas texas is just raw it is just that real thing um and like i say it, it was from a different era i mean it's crazy to think the next year is the 50th anniversary of that film wow. um, but they do something yeah i do too especially with the game i really mm. hope the game does some uh, cool stuff but yeah it's God, these films that are that old, like I always think of Psycho, obviously, because it's just so old and, and I love it so much. But these films that still have this this allure that that long after the fact, like I love it. I mean, it's crazy that out of all those, clearly Silence of the Lambs is the most recent. Mm. And I mean, that's over 30, right? That was like around, what, 91, 92? So yeah. it's, it's, you know, it's over 30 years old. Like, mad that the, the 30 is the newer of these. And then you get to 50 years Chainsaw, you get to... 60 years old in psycho it's i love it man i hope that these films are still as powerful when they're like a hundred years old that's so cool i think they will be now um, i think so as well there's no way like i don't know why suddenly psycho would stop being one of the greatest films ever made like it's not it will always be one of those no i um, think i think we're past the point now where the tech you know the the the, the effects and, and mm. everything has gotten to a level that like it's not going to get like significantly better and these movies still don't look shit yeah yeah exactly they were still they were still filmed at a caliber with a level of acting and a level of like lighting so you can actually yeah. see what's like eligible well, on screen you know text chainsaw massacre when she gets put on that hook and you mm. see nothing it's yeah. one of the most violent things i've ever seen in my life and all it is yeah. is her just being lifted up and dropped down yeah but it's but it's the way it's acted the way it's shot and that that like just just like nails on a chalkboard noise as well that just like it's brutal it, like that is the thing like when when i rewatched texas after someone was like you know there's almost no blood like in any of the mm -hmm. kills i'm like fuck off it's bloody as hell and then yeah you watch her get put on the hook and it's just like nothing but it's, well, it's not a it's very violent, violent movie in general like in terms of you know what you see on you know no, by graphic no, violence. but it's incredibly it really is... violent from what you just know is going on <laughs> yeah and it's also the sound like the score is amazing mm. that, that toby hooper also mm. did but like it's like that last 20 minutes of chaos where you've got cook being the only one that can really put together somewhat coherent sentences but it's just like the noises that leatherface is making whether it's the giggling or the screaming or the like maniacal laughter it's just, it's so loud with the and especially with hitchhiker going fucking mental as well like it's 
god it's so good i do want to check out two mm. um because i've not seen two in ages and obviously it's like cook is in it and he's in it more with the mm. same actor coming back which is i'm really excited to see and also obviously you get bill mosley as chop top which is spectacular so i do want to watch two um because yeah, i haven't fun. watched that I've, i think i've only seen that maybe once like god 15 years ago or something probably longer so again, it's one of those movies that I've seen, but other than those people are in it, Dennis Hopper's in it, I couldn't tell you like anything about the story. Um, no, when you see so Leatherface on top of a moving car, like with the chainsaw, you'll be like, "What the <laughs> fuck is going on?" Yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> um, but yeah, that is uh, that is it for another week. Um, we're we're getting close now to the big boys. Obviously, we're only a couple of weeks away from a new Saw film. Oh yeah. Um, not only a new Saw film, a new Saw film that looks good? Question mark. Mm. Um, I'm not. I don't think we're ready for that. Like, ready, right? but who knows? We, we've lived through, you know, some mm. great films in our favorite franchises, some not so great films. Let's hope it's one of the better ones. I have faith. Um, but I'm not getting giddy like the last <laughs> two. <laughs> I'm not. Call me twice. <laughs> yeah. Shame on the people making Saw at this point. Um, but yeah, yeah. and yeah. we and we've uh, we may be getting a little preview up of a TV show soon as well. Hey yeah very exciting like i say we've got loads of stuff to talk about soon um and shudder is bringing the bangers um but yeah i may or i may or may not have already seen um some of a certain tv show returning next month um but stay tuned because we're going to be talking all about creep show um but yeah we'll get to that in the coming weeks um but yeah that was episode 362 uh thanks for listening as always and we'll see you again very soon see you later everyone I never could, how could I start now?